Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ and 1340 KYLT in Missoula, Montana. Joining me like he does each week is Mr. Chris Callum. Chris is coming to you from his broadcast center in Cheney, Washington. It's playoff time. Got a big show for everybody this week. Joining us will be head coaches of the Florida A&M Rattlers, Mr. Willie Simmons, and Mr. Nick Hill, head coach of the Southern Illinois Salukis. Mr. Callum, the field is set, and I'm ready to break it apart. How about you? I'm ready. All right, the number one seed, Sam Houston Bearcats. Number two seed, North Dakota State Bison. No matter what you saw on ESPN, it is North Dakota State. Number three seed is James Madison. Number four seed, Sacramento State. Number five, Villanova. Number six, Montana. Number seven, the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. And the number eight seed, the Montana State Bobcats. Chris, I know you're an Eastern Washington person, and if you look at the seeds, you feel like maybe that's a team that got snubbed. Tell us your thoughts on that. I had a bad feeling as soon as I saw Sac State get seeded fourth. Uh, And we know that the committee has a tough job to do. There's no question about it. And there's all sorts of speculation on why they they went the way they went. But if they weren't going to seed four Big Sky teams, somebody was going to get screwed. And it happens to be Eastern Washington. But if you look at the metrics that we all discuss every single year, what they've done is they've placed higher priority, evidently, on winning streaks, on recency bias, on conference championships, and on whether or not you have a Division II win on your resume. And this is true not just of the seeds, but we can also make the same argument for at-large bids. So if you look at Eastern Washington compared to the other three Big Sky teams that are in the seeded and East Tennessee State, Eastern's ranked fourth or fifth in nearly every human poll. They're ranked fourth or fifth in Massey and Sagarin. They have the highest strength of schedule among all of those teams. They have an equal amount, if not greater quality wins than all of those teams. They have an FBS win, which does count for something. Neither Montana State or Sac State have an FBS win. They have no bad losses. Their worst loss is to a 6-5 and five Weber State team, and that was by a point. Their next worst loss and their only other loss was to a Montana State team that's a seed, and that was by three. So I just... I've followed this long enough to know what the rules are, what the the selection criteria are supposed to be. I think it's time that the NCAA updates the process, publishes it, and then places a priority on what metrics they think are the most important. Because logically, not seeding Eastern Washington doesn't make sense. And the fix for this whole thing is to seed the whole field, right? It bothers me when I watch the basketball tournament and I hear about the ungodly sums of money the NCAA makes off of that, and then you relegate what is the Division I football championship playoffs. Well, we have to schedule these games so people can ride a bus. It just, uh, the the poverty thing just bothers me. Oh, absolutely. And and it's way overblown as far as fan participation goes. I mean, even the storied venues like Washington Grizzly Stadium, if they were hosting a game this weekend on Thanksgiving, they would be, you know, 10,000 less than their capacity. You know, so even the home team's fans don't necessarily make it out to games. And realistically, except for a few programs like North Dakota State, Montana State, 
nobody travels that well. So I think that's just an excuse. And the other teams making the field and the matchups that we'll discuss in segment three, Stephen F. Austin is at Incarnate Word. UT Martin is at Missouri State. Sacred Heart at Holy Cross. UC Davis at South Dakota State. Florida A&M. Chris, let's talk about that for a minute. Glad to see them in, aren't you? I'm glad to see them in because, uh, you know, and it might sound like I'm a, a bit of an elitist as far as power conferences go at times. I'm, I suppose I'm guilty, but I do want everybody, all the conferences to get better. I think parity is an excellent thing. I think it's more exciting. But going back to looking at the entire field and the processes that they use, strength of schedule and quality wins mattered when it comes to UNI getting an at-large bid, but that's not the case evidently with Florida A&M. Or in the case of Stephen F. Austin, which played a Division II and whose only decent win came against non-playoff 7-4 and Eastern Kentucky. Or with Weber State, who has a top five win against Eastern Washington in the number 18 strength of schedule. Or Chattanooga with a win against a seeded team. Or Mercer, who finished seven and three. They're all over the map as far as who they're selecting. I just It seems like they're maybe on one hand trying to make feel-good selections or trying to create parity where they, they don't need to. You know, if any team from a weaker conference wants to have a shot in an at-large bid, then they need to go out and schedule accordingly. And if they can't or don't want to, so be it. That's fine. That's their choice. But I just don't get any of this. Florida A&M will be at Southeastern Louisiana. Chris just mentioned Northern Iowa. They'll travel across the country to take on the Eastern Washington Eagles. Davidson, the champion of the Pioneer League, will take on Kennesaw State, the champion of the Big South. And Southern Illinois will travel to Vermilion, South Dakota, to take on the Yotes. Chris, when you mentioned some teams who maybe had a B for an at-large berth, and you mentioned Mercer, well, you know, they had an opportunity, and the SOCON did have an opportunity. Look, a month ago, people thought there might be four teams, and it's a single-bid league. And what happened in the SOCON is what we pretty much predict every week, isn't it? That there are no bad teams in that league. Even Walford, who finished 0-8 in the SOCON, had a win over the number three team in the CAA, Elon. So there's not a bad team in that league, and they just cannibalize one another. The only people who should have been shocked by what happened last Saturday in the SOCON are people who don't pay attention. You know, I, I agree with that. I think what the SOCON suffers from a little bit, and I don't blame them, but it's a little bit of insular scheduling or regional scheduling scheduling out of conference because there's so many teams that they can schedule. It's never you know, seemingly hard to find an out-of-conference opponent from the MEAC or uh, from the CAA, and that's not the case with, with other conferences. And so what happens is you, you look at Mercer's schedule, they play Alabama, that's fine. They're going to get paid. They also played out of conference point. So that's a knock against them. That probably hurt them quite a bit. Um, and then, um, and then they didn't have another out of conference game. If they had one more game, they only had, you know, they only scheduled 10. If they have one more game and it's a decent win against, let's say, you know, a Charleston Southern or a Campbell or, you know, another big South team that might get them in the, in the playoffs. But you see that happen with Chattanooga too. I mean, Chattanooga, although their schedule wasn't that bad, but six and five, it's not enough to get them in the field. Well, you mentioned that Mercer only had 10 games. Well, guess what? So did the number one seed, Sam Houston Bearcats. That didn't seem to hurt them. Exactly. So there's another inconsistency. I think North Dakota State was clearly the number one seed overall. They should have been. 
they proved it on the field in more ways than one. But Sam Houston State you know, gets the the nod, and that's the opposite of recency bias. They're getting it because of what they did in the spring. Who's got the easiest path to Frisco? You think, Mr. Callum? Well, that's going to depend upon how you see you know who, who has a legitimate chance or what teams are, are quality to where they can win you know three or four games straight. But I think there's more this year than any other year that I can remember. You know, so Villanova jumps right out. We discussed that before the show. They they get the winner's Sacred Heart and Holy Cross, uh, which are two teams that probably shouldn't be facing each other in the opening round. But that's you know that's what regionalization does. And then if they uh, get through that that second round game, then they're going to play uh, the winner of Sacramento State and either South Dakota or UC Davis, likely South Dakota State. Uh, so. That, you know, it gets harder, obviously, as you go through, and that's true for everybody. But I think that's the one that jumps out the most. I think that the the part of the bracket that has uh, North Dakota State is really hard. Got JMU on that side and, and the Bison. Uh, you know, the top half of the bracket with Sam Houston State's easier of those two. And as a SoCon homer, I got to tell you, and if the committee members are listening, all of us are tired of probably having to play Kennesaw State and then going to Fargo. They do this to that league year after year after year after year. And I'll tell you plain, there are some people in the southern part of the country who root for Southern Conference teams who are tired of it. There's lots more to come on this week's episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Coming up next, I'll sit down with the head coach of the Southern Illinois Salukis, Mr. Nick Hill. Following that, Chris and I will preview each playoff game taking place this week. And right after that, Mr. Willie Simmons, head coach of the Florida A&M Rattlers, will be here. Following that will be the pick segment. All of that and much, much more is coming up. Next, right here on FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at FCS Nation Radio 1. That's at FCS Nation Radio and the number one. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. And I'd like to welcome into the program Mr. Nick Hill, head coach for the Southern Illinois Salukis. Thanks for making the time, Coach Hill. Yeah, thanks for having me. Coach, I know you didn't finish the regular season like you wanted to, but guess what? You're in the tournament and you have an opportunity for redemption. Thy name can be Salukis. Yeah, without a doubt. I think uh, when you set out on the season, that's your that's your ultimate goal. Number one is to win your conference. The second is to put yourself in the in the playoffs. And however you got to get there, this team has been through a lot. And like you said, we didn't we didn't finish um, a couple games the way that like we'd like to. But the the best thing about this uh, this game is uh, we get another opportunity, and uh, we're excited about that. And um, you know, even in this this calendar year in 2021, it was a similar situation. We got in and went on the road and got a playoff win. So we have an experienced team that understands what it takes to go on the road and, and win playoff games. And so I'm excited about that, and, and I know our team is as well. And some people might be scratching their head going, well, you're playing a Missouri Valley football conference team that you didn't play, but do you think it makes it easier for both head coaches to prepare because you're looking at teams that you have played and what other teams have done to them? I think that's kind of a wash, don't you? Yeah, I don't know. I think um, – you know, obviously, they're, you're familiar with the teams in your league, but 
you know, each year and, and each day, a week of preparation really is the same, no matter who you're playing in, in the conference or out of the conference. I mean, you get in here on Sunday and you start breaking a t- team down and trying to figure out their tendencies and who they are on offense and defense. And each year they're, they're different, even in your league. And so um, regardless, it, it's going to come down to those 60 minutes inside the white lines and, and really these games. And when you're, when you're playing other good teams, which everybody that's in the playoffs have had successful seasons, it's really about the, the, uh, the boring things that everybody doesn't like to talk about, and that's taking care of the football, you know, turnover margin, just the execution. It's, uh, you know, when you got 11 games of film, you're going to have some tendencies and uh, who your playmakers are and where the ball likes to go. And, and so really it's about executing when it, when it comes down to that. We, you know each other, you got plenty of film, and so it's about blocking, it's about tackling, it's about taking care of the football. I think if we look back on uh, these games this Saturday, you know, turnover margin will probably lead to probably 90 to, to 100% of the wins. And so it's those types of things that the, the game comes down to. If it's playoffs or it's a regular season game, the key to victory never change. You were a fine quarterback back in your playing days, Coach. I think everybody knows that. I sure we don't have to tell you that, right? But uh, Nick Baker has come a long way. He's an excellent, not just game manager, but you can go out there and ask him to win a game for you. That's an advantage in these playoffs, I think. Yeah, without a doubt. Obviously, uh, anytime you get in a tournament, whatever sport it is, um, you know, if somebody on your team gets a hot hand, it, it definitely helps. And uh, Nick's proven that. He's won a couple games for us. Um, he's not coming off his best performance last week, but uh, that's what really drives this kid is just uh, his uh, competitive spirit and uh, and one to prove people that he belongs. And so that's what's driven him in his entire career. You know, he won two state championships here in the state of Illinois at quarterback. Uh, he doesn't like to lose. He's got all the makeup that you want. And so he's had a, he's had a good season, and he's still got so much room to, to grow. I mean, obviously the big plays and things that he can do, but just each game and, and banking those situations that he's in, whether good or bad, uh, just uh, it helps you grow as a quarterback. Now you say that everybody's got a lot of film on everybody in these FCS playoffs. As the head coach, how tempted are you to change some of those tendencies that got you here? Are you tempted at all, or you just dance with the girl that brought you? Yeah, I, I think um, you know if you're changing a lot of things at this point in the season, um, you know it's hard to ask your guys to go out there and execute that at a high level, you're obviously always looking at, um, and you do this in the regular season, uh, maybe tendencies you have, you self-scout yourself, um, things that, that you might be able to do off what you've done, and uh, that's every team in the country. And so you can't just be stagnant and go out there and, and be vanilla. I think that, yeah, I think, like I said, it's still going to be, you, you got to come down and, and you got to play good fundamental football to win these games. The defensive side of the ball, you've been great at times, and you've kind of struggled at times. How do you try to get those guys to play at their best and forget about what happened last week and just go out there, strap it on, and play your best football game of the season? Yeah, I think it's how, how I describe our team. You know, we've um, we've really been a, a streaky team, <clears throat> and um, when we play really well, I think we could beat anybody in the country, and then we've we've proven to uh, find some walls in these games. And so, I mean, we've got 23 seniors, so it's not a uh, a lack of preparation or maturity. Um, these guys have that. This team, I, I'm not worried about that. Uh, that just gives you this uh, a starting point, though. Um, it's a it's a very important piece, but you got to go out there and play well and play at a high level. And so, I have confidence in those guys. Um, you know, and you just got to go out there and do it. It sounds simple, 
but the only way to, to redeem yourself is get out there on a Saturday and put put it back on the line and, and uh, it starts with, with effort and physicality and, and that's what these playoffs comes down to. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Nick Hill, head coach of the Southern Illinois Salukis. Coach, got about 45 seconds left. When you're trying to build that, it must be nice to know that your quarterback can turn around, hand the ball off to Justin Strong, Javon Williams, and even Donovan Spencer to get you there. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you, you gotta you gotta run the football. Um, that's the key to you know, or at least our philosophy is um, you, you, everything you know is centered around being able to run the football at a, at a efficient and high level, and uh, that opens up the the play action. It opens up throwing the football. We're gonna have to be physical. Um, our league prepares you for that. If you're not physical, you're not gonna make the the playoffs out of this league. It's a physical league, uh, but South Dakota's went through the same gauntlet, so. It'll be two good teams going at it on Saturday. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Nick Hill, head coach of the Southern Illinois Salukis. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Best of luck against South Dakota, and thank you always for making the time to appear with us. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. The interview with the coach segment is brought to you by Harrell Group Security Solutions. The Harrell Group is a comprehensive security solutions company headquartered in Northeast Tennessee and was established to provide dynamic security solutions to the modern security risks people and facilities face. The security of you and your company's assets are Harrell Group's number one priority. You can look them up on the web at harrellgroup.com. That's H-A-R-R-E-L-L-G-R-P.com. This is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA, and we are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented Platypus Flosser and Toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the Platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the Platypus Flosser and Toothbrush, available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle. Platypusco.com. Are you ready for new windows? Renewal by Anderson's windows are the best you can get. And their awesome Black Friday event is backed by popular demand. This is an incredible offer. You don't have to get up early, stand in line. You don't even have to wait until Black Friday. You can book an estimate right now. Listen to this. Renewal by Anderson is giving 20% off every window. And depending on how many windows you get, you'll receive a Visa gift card for up to $1,500. Imagine getting awesome new Renewal by Anderson windows and a lot of spending cash for Christmas. It's fantastic. The financing offer is the best ever. No money down. No interest or payments for 18 months. Think about that. You get your new windows now and you don't even have to make a payment until 2023. Wow. It's a very limited time offer. It starts on Black Friday, November 26th, runs through December 10th only. 
Please do not wait to book your free estimate right now. Just go to rbamontana.com, set up the free estimate, renewal by Anderson. Make a great investment this Black Friday. Are you played by foreclosure? Well, here at Jim Ladd and Matey, we can stop your foreclosure now. We're a mortgage rescue company, and for the small fee of everything you hold dear, we will negotiate with your lender on your behalf. Call Jim Ladd and Matey at 1-800-YAR-YAR. That's 1-800-YAR-YAR-YAR. If you're facing foreclosure, talk to the right people. Speak with HUD-approved housing counselors free of charge at 888-995-HOPE. Brought to you by NeighborWorks America and the Ad Council. Hanging with us during the break, you're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Mrs. Callum, let's take a trip around the country, well, regionally around the country, how about that, and preview the playoff games taking place this week. Up first, Stephen F. Austin is that incarnate word, the winner to number one seed Sam Houston. Chris, I think that this ball game, I've been impressed with Carnet Word. I wasn't really sold on them, but they've won ball games in a couple of different ways. They've won close games in the mid to high 20s. And they've also, you know, put up 40, 45 points a game. Stephen F. Austin, man, they had to fight and claw to get here. I think a lot of people were maybe a little surprised that they are, but they are. And I don't think they're just happy to be here. This should be a pretty good ball game, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think this might be the most interesting game of the week. And Trey Self for Stephen F. Austin is thrown for 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, just seven picks. Xavier Gibson is one of the most dynamic playmakers in the country, wide receiver. And he's very young, too, by the way. Defense is giving up 19 points per game. They were the better of the two on defense, for sure. Incarnate Word is all about the offense. That starts with Cameron Ward. He's nearing 4,000 yards in total offense and 38 touchdowns passing. He has seven different receivers who have over 20 receptions, so he spreads it around. They can also run the ball decently when needed. They average around 40 points per game. You know, so it's going to come down to, you know, which side of the ball is controlled. I think Stephen F. Austin has a realistic chance to knock off the cards here. And I like the Lumberjack football team. They do some things extremely well. Look, I know it was against a backup quarterback in the Battle of the Piney Woods. It wasn't against Eric Schmidt for Sam Houston. But they did some things against the Sam Houston defense. They were able to run the football. And like you mentioned, Trey Self, Xavier Gibson, if they get going, look out. Well, in the, in the other stat, too, I'll throw at you real quick, is that Stephen F. Austin's ranked fourth in the nation in team sacks with 3.55, and that could be a potential area where they exposed incarnate word a little bit. And we've talked about it during the fall season, that they've recruited extremely well, especially on that defensive line. Yeah, yeah, they have. They, they kind of remind me of McNeese in that regard. Next up, Southern Illinois is at South Dakota, the winner to another Missouri Valley Conference team, the number two seed, North Dakota State. Chris, I know we have had our uh, session of complaining in segment one, but this one just doesn't do a whole lot for me. You know, Southern Illinois, good football team, South Dakota, a Hail Mary helped get them in here, and they both lost last week. What do we expect to see out of these two football teams? Well, yeah, I, I, I don't like the fact that they're going to face another conference opponent in the next round. That's happening in a couple of places this year. The Salukis have lost three of four, and that includes that bad loss to YSU this last weekend. They're the fourth best team in the Missouri Valley in scoring offense, but they're eighth in scoring defense, so that's their weakness. The Yokes ranked fifth in both categories. A little bit more balance there. Southern Illinois struggles at stopping the run, and South Dakota's a run-first team. 
However, the opposite is true for passing, which is South Dakota's weakness on defense and something that Nick Baker and company can exploit. Keep in mind that Southern Illinois has shown the ability to make great comebacks, so no lead will probably be safe for the Yotes. And the greatest comeback all season was made by South Dakota. So, I mean, this ought to be something. I said it didn't really do much for me. I think it'll be a good game. It's just not one that I'm excited to watch in what should be a national playoff. Yeah, I agree. And it's also surprising that it's at South Dakota and not Southern Illinois. There's a couple of these here where you're kind of surprised who won the bidding process. The one we just covered. I was kind of surprised Stephen F. Austin did not outbid Incarnate Word. You? Yeah, I am too. Florida A&M is at Southeastern Louisiana, the winner to the number three seed, James Madison. For people who don't normally follow HBCU football and SWAC football, I know there's been more eyes on it this year because of the coaching celebrities who have been in HBCU football now. Florida A&M, great defense, Chris. I think that they're underrated, and I think the SWAC is better. Is the SWAC better than the Southland? Maybe. We're going to find out as Florida A&M travels to Hammond, America to take on the Southeastern Louisiana Lions, winner to number three, James Madison. I agree that the SWAC is better. I think we've seen that for a couple of years now. That is going to be the big question here, though. So you you talk about defense. The defense is really good. They're giving up just 257 yards of total offense in 15 points per game, but they haven't really played anybody. So we'll see how good they are against one of the best offenses in FCS. And that's, of course, led by Cole Kelly. They can throw the ball all over the field. He's also a threat to run. But... The Lions have lost two of three, and they narrowly beat McNeese four weeks ago. So they haven't been playing their best football coming into this game. you know. And I'm glad to see that Florida a is going to get a shot at it. And Nichols ran the ball all over southeastern Louisiana on Thursday night just a week ago, Chris. Yeah, he did. And Florida A&M has a kid named Bishop Bonnet who's averaging a hefty 6.4 yards per carry and 85 yards rushing per game. So they, they can also spread around a little bit uh, running the balls so he doesn't get you know the, a huge amount of carries, but he takes advantage of the carries he gets and he could do some damage. UC Davis is at South Dakota State, winner to number four, Sacramento State. And look, again, we just saw UC Davis play Sacramento State, didn't we? And Sac State dominated them. I'm not a rooter for anybody except for one team, and everybody knows who that is. But this one... I would think South Dakota State should handle UC Davis. Davis has not looked good offensively in a minute. No, they've disappeared, especially the last two weeks. They scored just 14 points against Eastern Washington. They did return a kick for a touchdown. And then seven, and that seven came very late in the game against Sac State when it was all but over. And it hasn't helped much that they've turned it over five times in those last two games. The Jacks are a couple of plays away from being a seeded team. So people will talk about their inconsistency, but they've played pretty well. And, you know, they choose to go for two and lose to Southern Illinois as a result. And then they have that miracle uh, in Vermilion when they lost to South Dakota. Otherwise, we're talking about them being, you know, a one, two or three seed. And we say that football games and football seasons turn on one or two plays a game. Well, their season turned on those two plays, no doubt. And I think that if you ask Jackrabbit fans, you kind of would have wanted to prolong that game against Southern Illinois, even though your defense was gassed, so were they. And uh, you surely would have liked to have punted that ball against South well, Dakota. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, it's situational. And, you know, you're looking at it like, gosh, we haven't stopped Southern Illinois, you know, for quite a while now. So, if, you know, they're just going to score again. But something tells me that in those situations, you, you've got to have confidence and know that you're the better team. And the longer the game goes, the more likely you are to win. Preview segment will roll on right after these messages from our sponsors and the NCAA. 
All Electric No Gas Lawn Care. Are you looking to go green this spring? Then All Electric Lawn Care is for you. All Electric No Gas Mowing, Power Raking and Power Washing, Edging, Bush and Shrub Trimming, Chainsaw Work and much, much more. Just call Rob at 630-404-0409 and get your lawn care done with All Electric Equipment. We all know that labor is in short supply. Book for spring right now. Call Rob at All Electric No Gas lawn care at 630-404-0409 serving the missoula and bitterroot valleys of montana brokers realty in johnson city the brokers realty in johnson city provide residential and commercial sales and leasing the brokers realty focus on providing each client the individualized attention and customer service you'd expect from the leading tennessee real estate firm for all of your real estate needs look no further than the brokers realty 3583 west market street in johnson city 423-677-8095, thebrokersrealty.com. Missoula, Nissan, Hyundai, 2715 Brook Street in Missoula. Hassle-free car buying all the time. Good people support FCS football and FCS Nation. Missoula, Nissan, Hyundai, 2715 Brook Street in Missoula, 406-549-5176, MissoulaNissanHyundai.com. In the Division I football championship subdivision, the name of the game is outsmart, outhustle, outscore. But in the FCS, it's not always about the outcome. It's also about how you play the game. It's played with passion and pride and sportsmanship. It's played with honor and integrity. And it's played in towns across America where football is a way of life. The Division I football championship subdivision. It's more than a game. Sacred Heart is at Holy Cross, the winner to number five seed Villanova. Chris, this game, look, Sacred Heart, we all know the NEC is much better than it used to be, and I think Holy Cross is a pretty good football team. Does the NEC champ have a chance here on the road at the Patriot League champ? I think so. Well, I, I think they do too. I mean, Duquesne knocked off was a Towson a few years back. The Pioneers, are, they're kind of a funny team. They're riding a six-game winning streak. They started the season poorly, and they do it with defense. Kevin Pepra has 9.5 sacks and 13 tackles for loss this season, so he's definitely a playmaker. They're a run-first team with Malik Grant, accounting for 1,352 rushing yards. He replaced Chestnut, who has been beat up, but Chestnut came back and played a, a couple of downs in this last week, so they could have two really good running backs. The Crusaders have three solid wins, UConn, Monmouth, and Fordham. They should be favored. The defense has played well. They're giving up less than 20 points a game. Matthew Suka is not much of a threat to pass. He's only attempted 154 passes, but he definitely can run the ball. Northern Iowa is at Eastern Washington, the winner to number six, Montana. Seems like there's a nice picture of us in the parking lot at an Eastern Washington-Montana game already this season, Mr. Callum. Yeah, you might have to make another trip over here, and I think this could be a really good game. The Panthers are similar to Montana, Montana State, and Weaver in that they defend the pass extremely well, and they're ranked 18th in FCS and passing efficiency defense. They are also third in the nation in interceptions with 17 on the season. The offense has been the more inconsistent of the two units. They're ranked 70th in total offense, 55th in scoring offense. On the other hand, Eastern's offense appears to be back on track. They played well the last two weeks. The defense is giving up the same amount of passing yards as the Panthers, but 40 more yards on the ground. That plays into Northern Iowa's strength a little bit. Eastern secondary has been a liability at times. I think they need to have a good game to solidify a win here. It's going to be a fun one to watch. 
Davidson is at Kennesaw State, the winner to the number seven seed East Tennessee State Buccaneers. Chris, triple option teams, although they do it differently. This one will be a short game. I think Davidson has an opportunity here, but they've got to figure out a way to get off the field on third down on defense. They do not have the numbers, Davidson, to give up 15, 16, 17, 18 play drives for touchdowns. It'll be a long day for them if they do that. Yeah, it's kind of a bad draw for Davidson because Kennesaw State knows how to stop the run. Davidson lost to VMI 45-24 in their only real big test, and that was at the start of the season. The offense is putting up 348 rushing yards. Again, that's against a fairly weak schedule similar to Florida A&M. They're also averaging, though, 37 points on offense, so they are efficient. They get the job done. They're good in the red zone, and they play the run fairly well, but just, again, not quite as well as Kennesaw. I think they're a smaller, less deep version of the Owls, and therefore I think the Owls have a pretty good chance of moving on. Over-under on passes in this one? 13. UT Martin is at Missouri State, the winner to number 8 Montana State. Chris, Tennessee Martin, been high on them all season, kind of laid an egg last week. Quarterback didn't play, and I think Missouri State, if you're looking for a team that nobody wants to play in this field, I think Missouri State might just be that team. Yeah, I agree with that. They remind me a lot of Southern Illinois, but they play a little bit better on defense. The Skyhawks ran off nine straight wins before that loss, but as you mentioned, Keon Howard didn't play, and that might not be the worst thing for them to experience before they head into the playoffs. I think they're a team that could win one or two games but this is a tr- tough draw. Missouri State is definitely more battle-tested because of playing in the MVFC. Bears are coming in having won four straight, and that includes a pair of games against two playoff teams in Northern Iowa and Southern Illinois. Missouri State is just average defending the pass, giving up 240 yards per game. So Howard needs to make a few plays with his arm and take care of the ball. If he does that, they might have a shot. Preview segments brought to you by Big Deck Barbecue Company. With Christmas coming, we all have somebody who's hard to shop for. Big Deck Barbecue Company's got you covered. They're doing their Christmas boxes once again this year. Your choice of any four Big Deck Barbecue products, gift packaging, and a personalized note, all for 50 bucks. You can't beat that. Get to BigDeckBBQ.com. That's BigDeckBBQ.com. Fudge Fitness. Is your athlete dealing with turtle shell syndrome, lack of flexibility, balance, strength, and footwork? Well, your speed specialist is here. Mr. Derek Fudge, former East Tennessee State All-Southern Conference linebacker and owner of Fudge Fitness, is here to serve athletes in East Tennessee, southwestern Virginia, and western North Carolina. Ages 7 and up, all sports are welcomed. Fudge Fitness has group sessions, travel teams, and private lessons available. For more information, call or text Fudge Fitness at 423-741-1115 or visit the website fudgefitness.com. Tennessee Hills Distillery, located in Tennessee's oldest town and recently voted East Tennessee's best distillery and craft cocktail bar. Offering tours and tastings daily, customers can see, smell, and taste every step of the spirits making process. Recently announcing a second location, Tennessee Hills Brew Stillery is the first company to distill spirits and brew beer under one roof. Stop by and try a large selection of award-winning craft beers and cocktails while catching the game of the day. Tennessee Hills, a true taste of Tennessee. Two locations in Jonesboro and Johnson City to serve you. That's Tennessee Hills Distillery. 
Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJColter.com. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful, custom, single-family and multi-family homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. If you're ever in Traverse City, Michigan, stop into Brick Wheels, one of the best bicycle stores in America. You can enjoy that beautiful part of these United States on a bicycle. Road bikes, mountain bikes, fat bikes, even electric assist. And if you go into Brick Wheels and you say, go Grizz, go Bison, go Cadets, or whatever your FCS team name is, you'll get 20% off your purchase. So if you're in Traverse City, Michigan, go into Brick Wheels, talk some FCS football, get 20% off. That's Brick Wheels, Brick wheels.com are you ready for new windows renewal by anderson's windows are the best you can get and their awesome black friday event is backed by popular demand this is an incredible offer you don't have to get up early stand in line you don't even have to wait until black friday you can book an estimate right now listen to this renewal by anderson is giving 20 percent off every window and depending on how many windows you get you'll receive a visa gift card for up to fifteen hundred dollars imagine getting awesome new renewal by anderson windows and a lot of spending cash for Christmas. It's fantastic. The financing offer is the best ever. No money down. No interest or payments for 18 months. Think about that. You get your new windows now and you don't even have to make a payment until 2023. Wow. It's a very limited time offer. It starts on Black Friday, November 26th. Runs through December 10th only. Please do not wait to book your free estimate right now. Just go to rbarapidcity.com, set up the free estimate. Renewal by Anderson. Make a great investment this Black Friday. Thanks for hanging with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Very pleased to be joined by Mr. Willie Simmons, head coach for the Florida A&M Rattlers. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Uh, always my pleasure. Coach Simmons, how excited is your team to be in the field playing for a national championship? Well, we're extremely excited. Uh, it's been uh, over 20 years since we've had this opportunity, and uh, we're just blessed and honored that the selection committee uh, saw our body of work this year and, and felt that we were the top one of the top 24 teams in America. And now we're uh, you know, hard at it trying to see if we can end up as the number one team in America. And your conference schedule is going to prepare you for this, I think, Coach. Yeah, we, we would like to think so. Um, obviously, uh, the SWAT was a tough road this year, a lot of tough road trips. And um, you know, going toe-to-toe against the likes of Jackson State, Southern University, uh, a lot of the teams that are right in that region where the Southland is, 
Um, I think we'll prepare for our first round game against Southeastern, and hopefully, uh, you know, if we can continue to play uh, some of the some of the other teams in, in the FCS playoffs. Were you surprised at how big of a young man their quarterback Cole Kelly is? That guy's a dude, Coach Simmons. He is. You know, he's a big drink of water, and um, you know, he's he's a big guy that can sling it. And um, obviously, they take advantage of his size in short yardage and, and goal line situations. And you look at a guy that's thrown for over four thousand yards, but who also has sixteen rushing touchdowns. So. There's a reason he's the reigning Walter Payton Award winner and uh, probably the front runner to win it again this year. A lot of teams talk about balance on the offensive side of the ball. You've certainly got that. Your QB, Rayshon McCoy, running back, Bishop Bonnet, and wide receiver Xavier Smith have been outstanding for you. And that running back and receiver room are deep and talented. You just don't have to depend upon those guys. You've got other guys who can and have stepped up for you so far. Well, obviously, the game of football uh, is a sport where rarely do guys make it through the season without some type of injury. And so I think it's important that you build quality depth across the board. And I commend our coaching staff you know, for going out, identifying talent, our uh, strength and conditioning staff for developing guys, getting them bigger, faster, and stronger. Uh, and then our medical training staff, you know, for being able to get guys back on the field. So we battled our fair share of injuries this year at wide receiver, uh, at running back, um, on the offensive line, you know, but thankfully we, like you said, had uh, a deep and talented room to get more guys in, uh, but also uh, our staff has allowed these guys to get back more healthy. And uh, this time of the year, everyone's banged up, but we're going to this first-round playoff game uh, as healthy probably as we as any team in the field at this point. Coach Simmons, you have played smart on offense. Your guys haven't turned the ball over, and the defense has put you in positions to be successful. You have a very complimentary team. What have you learned about it since that first opening whistle in spring practice? Well, you know, I learned that uh, defensively uh, we were going to be pretty stout. You know, I knew that early on um, when, when I looked across the roster at the guys we had. I knew that we'd have a chance to be a, a pretty good unit. And I had no idea we'd end up being the number one unit in the country statistically, but I knew we'd have a chance to be pretty good. And so uh, I learned that as a head coach, it's my job, like you said, to make sure our team is complimentary of each other. Um, I've been accustomed to you know, having prolific offenses and sometimes maybe having to carry the team. Uh, but this year, it's the complete opposite where we have a defense that can carry our football team. And so offensively, you know, we've been a lot more – conservative, so to speak, uh, not put our team in bad positions and, and keep the ball off the ground, you know, eliminate turnovers and, and punt the ball away. You know, we're blessed to have two phenomenal punters. Unfortunately, we lost one uh, early in the season, but Jose Romo Martinez is filled in nicely. And we can have punters who can punt the ball 40-plus yards in a defense that can make it increasingly difficult for people to move the ball. Uh, field position is everything. And so we really uh, become a field position football team. And I think our offense and our special teams are really uh, complementing our top-notch defense. And we'll see if that recipe uh, is one that will carry us in this playoff. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Willie Simmons, head coach of the Florida A&M Rattlers. As a former quarterback at Clemson and then the Citadel, was it hard for you to wrap your head around the fact that sometimes a punt isn't a bad thing, Coach Simmons? <laughs> well, as a player, obviously, we never wanted to punt. Um, you, even now, you look at every every offense, it's fourth and, and ten. They're looking at the sideline saying, go for it. Uh, that's just the nature of, of, of football players, particularly quarterbacks. So once I became a head coach, I, I understood the value of punting the football away. And, again, I've been extremely blessed, uh, particularly here at Florida A&M, uh, to have two of the best punters in America. You know, Chris Vadul in 2018 and 2019 finished first and second 
respectively, in punting average, and that's unbelievable. And then this year, after he went down, uh, Jose Romo Martinez is a top 15 punter nationally. And so just being blessed to have guys that can kick the ball, change the field, uh, we tell our offense, you know, our main goal, our number one goal is to end every offensive drive with a kick, whether that's a PAT or a punt. And if we can do that, we'll be successful. Don't turn the ball over, uh, end every drive with a kick, and that'll give our defense a chance to do what it does best. And, uh, and that recipe has worked for us nine out of, le- uh, out of 11 times this season. You mentioned that defense and it's excellent. You're holding opponents to less than three yards a rush and this is not after the second game of the season or anything coach. This is with an entire season body of work and less than 170 yards passing a game. Who have been the standouts on that side of the ball for your Florida A&M Rattlers team? Well yeah, I think it's been a team effort you know uh, obviously there's some guys who, who have some uh, phenomenal individual stats. Uh, Isaiah Land is the guy that, that jumps out first uh, obviously leading the nation with 19 sacks uh, and 25 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, Marquise Bell, um, our number one rated NFL safety, you know, back there, man in the back end. Uh, but you also have guys like Savion Williams, Gentle Hunt. Uh, it starts up front. And, and the way our defensive line has played this year has been stellar. And it's allowed us to hold teams, like you said, under three yards per rush. It's gotten pressure on the quarterbacks, which has prevented them from being able to throw for a lot of yards. Uh, but our defense is what it is because they play as one. You know, again, Isaiah Land and Marquis Bell above Buchanan finalists, and rightfully so. But, again, it's all 11 guys being committed to getting to the football, doing their jobs, uh, and I, I think that's why we've, you know, consistently shown that we're one of the best defenses, not the best defense. Uh, at the FCS level. What are you expecting for your fans to travel over there to Hammond, America, for the game? Well, you know, Rattler Nation is fired up. Um, you know, once we got the playoff bid, questions start coming in left and right. As how do we get tickets? You know, the, looking for hotels. Uh, now we're in a, a unique situation where you have LSU playing a home game this weekend against Texas A&M. And you also have the Bayou Classic going on down in New Orleans. And so you'll be hard-pressed to find a hotel room between New Orleans and Baton Rouge this weekend. But our fans are hard at it. They're trying to find places to stay. They're looking for transportation. They're really looking forward to supporting this football team uh, because, again, we're passionate about our football here. And uh, it's been a long time since we were able to, to play for an FCS National Championship. And many of our fans remember that, you know, we won the very first FCS or Division One AA national title back in, back in 1978. So this is an uncharted territory for the Florida and football program. It's been a while since we've been in, in these shoes, but again, we're familiar with it because, again, we're the winning is HBCU when it comes to FCS playoff games, and we're looking forward to seeing if we can extend that and uh, hopefully bring some more hardware here to the highs of Seven Hills, continue to add to this rich history that we have here at Florida A&M. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Willie Simmons, head coach of the Florida A&M Rattlers. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Best of luck against Southeastern Louisiana. Really looking forward to seeing your squad out there. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We're back. I'm Kevin. He's Chris, and you're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Mr. Callum, let's pick these first-round games in the FCS playoffs. Up first, Stephen F. Austin is at Incarnate Word with the winner going to number one seed, Sam Houston. Well, I love that offense for Incarnate Word, but something tells me that the Lumberjacks are going to pull off the upset. So give me Stephen F. Austin to win this game 31-24. I agree. Cameron Ward and the Incarnate Word offense is going to get a lot of play coming into this one, and rightly so. But, and there's always a but, 
Lumberjacks QB Trey Self and Xavier Gibson may be the best one-two quarterback wide receiver combo in these playoffs. Stephen F. Austin, like we mentioned earlier, had to really fight and claw to get here, but they're not just happy to be here. If the Lumberjacks can run it enough to keep the word offense off the field, they have a great chance here. Well, I believe they can, and they will. Take Stephen F. Austin over Incarnate Word, 31-27. Southern Illinois is at South Dakota with the winner to number two seed North Dakota State. Truly a toss-up game, two slightly different teams. Southern Illinois has a better offense, a more dynamic offense of the two, but they are going on the road, and I think South Dakota is going to win this game. So give me the Yotes in a classic Missouri Valley Football Conference battle, let's call it, 21-16. Not me, sir. I've been higher on Southern Illinois all season than just about anybody else has. And the Salukis, I think they're as good when they are on as anybody in this field. Consistency's been their problem. Both teams coming off a loss last week and the question is which one of these coaches can build them back up pretty good QB matchup in this one Carson Camp for the Yotes and Nick Baker for the Salukis if Southern Illinois sticks with the running game you're going to hear that be a constant theme here in this pick segment I believe they can lean on the Yotes in the fourth quarter take Southern Illinois on the road 28-24 Florida A&M is at southeastern Louisiana with the winner going to the number three seed James Madison I just don't think Florida A&M has faced an offense quite like this one. Few teams have. I like the Lions to win and win fairly comfortably 42-21. to 21. You know, this one really intrigues me, and you mentioned it in the previous segment. Southeastern Louisiana has not played particularly well lately. Something seems a little off with them, and they got run all over by Nichols last week. The Rattlers can do the same. Florida A&M has that great defense that we talked about. In the FCS playoffs, y'all, we all know that a strong running game and a stout defense is a recipe to advance. Lions QB Cole Kelly missed some throws last week he normally makes. He must be sharp if SLU is to win. Tough one to call here, but I believe Southeastern Louisiana will win at home in a close one, 38-31. UC Davis is at South Dakota State with the winner to number four, Sacramento State. There's just not much of a reason to think that Davis is going to suddenly turn their offense back on and be able to keep up with South Dakota State from a scoring standpoint. So I like the Jackrabbits to win this game handily 38-17. I agree. The only way I think Davis wins this one is if South Dakota State comes out and turns the ball over on their half the field, gives Davis a short field to try to score on. And the Jacks are getting healthier at the right time. Running back Isaiah Davis may return. And although that will take some carries away from Pierre Strong Jr., it will allow him to be fresh in the fourth quarter. I don't think this is a four-quarter game. I think South Dakota State comes out. And they whip UC Davis, 34-10. Sacred Heart is at Holy Cross, but the winner to the number five seed Villanova Wildcats. Tough game to pick. Uh, Holy Cross is clearly the better of the two teams on paper, but Sacred Heart has the ability to slow down Holy Cross's offense and to shorten the game by running the football. That said, I still like the Crusaders to get the win here. Give me Holy Cross, 28-20. to I agree with the pick, and I think it'll be close, too. The Pioneers, they play good defense, and like you mentioned, the running back tandem. Chestnut is as good as anybody who runs a football in this subdivision, but he's coming off an injury. Hasn't played for a while, just played a couple of series last week. If he was healthy, I might be picking Sacred Heart in this one. I don't believe he's 100%, so I like Holy Cross here, 31-13. 
Northern Iowa is at Eastern Washington with the winner to the number six Montana Grizzlies. Northern Iowa will try to run the ball. They will wind the play clock down to one or two every single possession, try to shorten the game and keep Eastern's offense off the field. They'll be partly successful at that. I see this being similar to the Eastern Montana game or Eastern Weber State game. Give me the Eagles on the red, 34-31. The Panthers are the type of team that Eastern Washington has struggled against. Big, physical, running teams from the Missouri Valley Football Conference. The Panthers, you have to believe, are going to come into Ruse Field in Cheney, Washington, and try and bulldoze their way to a win with that running game. Well, Eastern Washington's better than they were in the spring on the defensive line, and I think that group will hold up. And this is probably the longest anyone's ever talked about Eastern Washington without mentioning Eric Barrier, right? Well, him too. EWU wins at home, 42-28. Davidson is at Kennesaw State with the winner to number seven seed East Tennessee State. Two very similar teams. They're both going to run the ball, not pass it very much. Kennesaw State has a better defense of the two, and they're better at running the ball against stiffer competition. Give me the Owls to win this game. 24 to 10. I don't think it'll be that close. Both of these teams run versions of the triple option, and y'all know I like that. Wildcats mostly have the shotgun and owls from under center. Neither has played a particularly challenging schedule, but no doubt Kennesaw's played the tougher one. I like Kennesaw State at home in this one, 45 to 14. UT Martin is at Missouri State, winner to number eight, Montana State. UT Martin is a good story. They've been knocking at the door of the playoffs for a while. They have had an excellent season, but I think it ends here. I think Missouri State is a threat to make a deep run in the playoffs. Give me the Bears to win this one at home, 38-12. to 12. UT Martin played themselves right out of a seed last week, and I believe it's going to cost the Skyhawks big time. I think Missouri State is one of the teams playing this week that has an opportunity to go a long way in these playoffs and I know nobody wants to see the Bears on the other side of the line Skyhawk QB Keon Howard may not play but I really don't think it matters Jason Shelley and the Bears offense is that good take Missouri State to win 38-20 that brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network I'd like to thank our guest this week Mr. Nick Hill head coach of the Southern Illinois Salukis and Mr. Willie Simmons head coach of the Florida A&M Rattlers also I'd like to thank the Sports Information Office at Southern Illinois and Florida A&M for making their head coaches available to us this week. FCS Nation is produced by Mr. Justin Swallows, co-hosted by Mr. Chris Callum. The marketing director for FCS Nation is Miss Stacy Marshall. I'd like to invite all of y'all back here next week for another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network, where we'll talk about round two. Our top eight seeds will be in action next week against the teams who won this week. The best playoff system in all of college football, and it ain't even close, is just getting started. Make sure you come back next week for FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. And like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules, and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.